coming up. She had to start over. She had to get a job. She had to get back on her feet. And in Kentucky, there are no, there is no compensation fund to help people who have been wrongfully convicted get back on their feet. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. On October 23rd, 2005, at around 9 in the morning, a man was found dead in front of an apartment building in Louisville, Kentucky. Two and a half months later, police officers arrested 16-year-old Janetta Carr in connection to his death. When I was 16 years old, a LMPD detective came to my friend's house and he put me in handcuffs. In handcuffs and a yellow uniform, you can see her enter this courtroom. A judge reveals her fate. Yes, sir. Did you have any idea what was happening to you? No. In a federal lawsuit, Janetta Carr says physical evidence from the crime scene excluded her from having any involvement in the murder, but claims investigators fabricated and coerced false statements from a co-defendant and from jailhouse informants. Faced with those statements, she took an Alford plea, maintaining her innocence while pleading guilty to charges of second-degree manslaughter, conspiracy to commit robbery, conspiracy to commit burglary, and tampering with physical evidence. In April of 2008, she was sentenced to prison for crimes she did not commit. I lost um, time with my family. I lost the best years of my teenage life. I lost trust. And she believes there are countless others facing that same unfair loss. Their convictions, often the result of police misconduct, false accusations, and mistaken identity. Paula Vassan, investigative reporter with WHAS 11 in Louisville. You recently sat down with a woman named Janetta Carr who was wrongfully convicted and imprisoned. Introduce us to Janetta's story. Well, Reed, thank you so much for sharing this story on your podcast. Janetta was just a teenager when she says she was wrong, wrongfully convicted. She was dating someone at the time and her boyfriend was killed outside of his Louisville apartment. And through questioning with police, Jeanetta's name was mentioned as someone who was connected to this crime, even though through it all, she said police got it wrong. And so she says she was framed for murdering her boyfriend, and the result was nearly four years behind bars and another nine years on parole. She was monitored for good behavior, but Jeanetta says that this really cost her her life. You mentioned that she was a teenager. She was just 16 years old when this happened. What other details can you share about the case? How exactly police ended up looking at her as a suspect? Well, one of the things, I'm glad you brought that up, because one of the things that Janetta really wants to change as a result of her time behind bars is she wants more protection and more support for young people who are accused of crimes, because she says she was interrogated for hours by police and She was exhausted and she said things she wishes she didn't say. She felt pressured. And so she wants juveniles to have a guardian present when they're being questioned by police. She wants them to make sure that the recording is on throughout the entire process of questioning. That's one thing that she wants to see happen. One thing that she says she felt she was just not given the protection that she felt that she needed. What else can you tell us about what went wrong? How Janetta was convicted in the first place? Was there any physical evidence that pointed to her? There wasn't. 
there was, the state had conducted DNA testing on several items from the crime scene, including duct tape and, um, and an electrical cord that was used to strangle the boyfriend. And this is according to the National Registry of Exonerations. But the results were inconclusive. And Janetta was not, there was no evidence that connected Janetta to that crime scene based on that DNA, DNA evidence. What was Janetta's sentence and how much time did she end up spending behind bars? She was sentenced to 20 years and she was transferred to different places through this through this process. But ultimately, she did spend four years behind bars and nine years on parole. Some of the things that she mentioned as contributing factors to this were was perjury and false accusation and um, official misconduct. Uh, and now she's really speaking out to try to prevent this from happening to others. Before we talk a little bit more about that, what did Janetta tell you that those four years in prison were like for her, knowing that entire time that that she was there for something she didn't do? Uh, that was it was so difficult to hear what she went through. She said that it was almost like a living death sentence. And she thought about taking her own life. She thought she couldn't do it. She just, she said being innocent behind bars, it, she felt hopeless for years until the Kentucky Innocence Project, a nonprofit, came in and tried to work with her on her case. They proved there was no evidence connecting her to the crime. I was so happy that was she became one of, one of 23 people in Kentucky exonerated due to wrongful convictions, largely over the last two decades. Their total time behind bars. 214 years, according to the National Registry of Exonerations. As you mentioned, when Janetta's released from prison, that's not the end of the road by any stretch of the imagination. She's still on parole for another nine years and then getting ahead a little bit. She's eventually pardoned, but at that point, not compensated. I'm glad you brought that up because that's another another thing that she wants changed. She was she left, she was behind bars for four years and then just and then on parole, but she was living her life outside of, of the correctional system. Um, but so she had to start over. She had to get a job. She had to get back on her feet. And in Kentucky, there are no, there is no compensation fund to help people who have been wrongfully convicted get back on their feet. That's something that she wants to see changed. And as a result of our investigation into this issue, one Kentucky lawmaker says he plans to try to help create a compensation fund in Kentucky so that people who are wrongfully convicted get resources, get help to get back on their feet, to get a job and reintegrate into society. Well, I think she's right. We brought her well, story to lawmaker to. Jason Nemeth. It's heartbreaking. In light of our investigation. So you brought this to my attention. He tells us he'll be filing about. new legislation to compensate those who've been wrongly convicted. This is an issue that I think will, will unify um, both parties and all sides of the, of the issue. What else does Janetta want to see happen in Kentucky and around the country to help those in her situation or more importantly, to keep people from ending up in that situation in the first place? Well, there are two specific things. That, and then there is a more something a little bit more long term and broader that will take 
a lot longer to, to try to, to make a reality. But so specific changes that she wants to see is one, a compensation fund for people who have been wrongfully convicted. And then two, protection for juveniles in the interrogation room. Juveniles are very vulnerable and it's very easy for um, them to be persuaded and to say that they committed crimes that they actually are innocent of. And at the very least, that means everything needs to be recorded from start to finish, and not just audio recording, but video as well, so that you can see body language and you can see how the suspect is treated. And at best, she also wants a guardian present so that pe people in her situation are given just some, uh, just more support when they're being interrogated and aren't being maybe coerced into saying something that they didn't do, which she says that exactly happened to her. She also wants more training. So following the initial report about Janetta Carr's story, I also looked into what's happening here in Kentucky to prevent this from happening. The Kentucky Innocence Project has an annual training session where they take law students from around the area and they do what's called a CSI day. They take them through a mock crime scene. So there's a whole, this, this elaborate storyline um, and students have to try to figure out and piece together what happened. One of the things that the, the lawyers who are leading this project are trying to really drill into their minds is to be really careful about confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is when we put more emphasis on things that coincide with our existing beliefs. Everyone has biases, and so the goal here is to try to just be aware of those biases and try to rise above them. If you can help us put this story in perspective, how many other stories like Janetta's are out there? Is that something that experts and groups like the Innocence Project are able to estimate? It's definitely a hard thing to estimate, but Janetta is actually one of only 23 people in Kentucky who have been exonerated due to wrongful convictions largely over the past two decades. That's according to the National Registry of exonerations. But that's just such a minuscule number compared to what experts believe is actually going on. They estimate that they're very they're conflicting numbers. This is a hard thing to estimate because there there isn't it's not concrete, but the estimation from non nonprofits like the Kentucky Innocence Project and the Prison Policy Initiative is that 2 to 6% of people who have been convicted are wrongly convicted. So based on the numbers, that's about 1,600 people in Kentucky and around 87,000 people nationwide who may be innocent behind bars. Wow. I think for a lot of people, when we hear a story like Janetta's, you know, you want to believe that it's this rare mistake. But if we're talking about 2 to 6% of all convictions being wrongful convictions, that's a picture of a justice system that does this routinely. Exactly. And it is, there are so many contributing factors driving this, but experts that I've spoken with uh, at the Kentucky Innocence Project, for example, and the National Registry of Exonerations say that these wrongful convictions are often the result of police misconduct, false accusations, and mistaken identity. Those are some of the top contributing factors. Janetta Carr was finally pardoned in 2019. What else has happened in the time since then? Right. So former Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin pardoned Carr on December 6, 2019. And she later filed a federal lawsuit in U.S. District Court 
um, against the city of Louisville and then several members of the police department alleging that their misconduct and flawed investigation led to her wrongful conviction. A judge dismissed the lawsuit in July 2021, but Carr is appealing the dismissal. What does Janetta's life look like today now that she's been exonerated and, and regained that freedom that was taken from her by the justice system? Well, she is just so happy to be free right now, and she's so happy to have her life back. Doesn't make the past any less challenging and just so difficult for her, but she actually sings about the criminal justice system with her young son. Mommy, mommy, can't you see what the system's done? She has a son named Jakari, and she told me that they sing about the criminal justice system so that he understands what she went through. And the song kind of has a happy almost uh, tone, but it's such a hard and, and tough tough situation, but she wants her son to understand what she went through and also to know the dangers of our criminal justice system and hopefully prevent him from from having to go through what she went through. Paula Vassan, investigative reporter with WHAS 11 in Louisville. Thanks for sharing the story. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're right here with a new one every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever it is you're listening right now. If you're looking for more podcasts, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows that includes our weekly podcast, True Crime Chronicles. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.